Was 2020 challenging for you? It was for me, um, but you've got to look at every situation and look for the uh, small opportunity. So today's episode, I'll be covering how I wrote an engineering book, how I rebranded the entire engineering IRL website, and that I launched a new business. This is the Engineering IRL Podcast, a place for engineers in the real world. We try to break down engineering concepts and figure out how to apply them to real life. Let's become better problem solvers, better engineers. This is your host, Andrew Sario. Let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Engineering IRL Podcast for engineeringinreallife.com. I am your host, Andrew Sario, and this is revision 41 of the podcast. Revision 40 was the last episode. It was titled, Where Are the Engineers in Movies and TV Series? If you haven't checked that out yet, I recommend that you do. It'll give you some nice watching over the holiday season. So, welcome back to the show. I know it's been a while. I haven't released as many episodes as I'd like to, but before 2020 is over, I will be releasing a few episodes. And today's one will focus on engineering IRL, three topics that are... uh, most important right now is writing an engineering book, rebranding an engineering website, and launching a new business. So that's what we'll cover today. So straight up on the engineering book, I just published 10 plus 1 steps to problem solving an engineer's guide. And the first question might be, why did I write a book? And the answer to that's pretty simple. A few things. One, I wanted to formalize one of the uh, concepts that I came up with, which is the 10 plus 1 problem solving technique. And the other reason is around uh, just building up that engineering authority, building up that uh, that clout, and essentially getting a book out there in my name. Obviously, you know, I've been writing the children's books, and I have a few books uh, in my mind that I've always wanted to do, so this was the first one up out of all of them. And a cool little thing that it does is it gives a core product to engineering IRL to build around after I've now written the book, there's a few things that I'm going to do. The first is going to be around the cheat sheets. So in the book, I offer cheat sheets. And if you head to the website, you can get copies of specific ones that will help you out. From there, I'll develop an app that will help you solve problems based on the technique. Um, and then step nine in the book, for example, I have a uh, I have the rubber duck engineering method where you speak to a rubber duck so I'll be 3d printing custom ducks let's call it that you can have for your collection and yeah that's what I'll do after the book that's the immediate steps afterwards Um, how did I write the book and what was my time allocation so essentially everything was written on just using a normal word processor which is Microsoft Word and my time allocation for it was basically before work so obviously there was the lockdown and things like that happened um, and we had challenges there but it also meant that I eliminated travel time and I could start work straight away so what I would do is use that extra time to write the book what is the top tip for getting a book done the top tip is essentially writing and editing are two separate things so a lot of times you get writer's block you look at your page and you're like I can't get any words from my head out sometimes you feel like you know the topic and you're like I just can't get words on a page so key is is because you're trying to edit so what you're trying to write down your brain's reading in as if it's supposed to be a final product but the brain doesn't work too well that way so it's simpler to get your words out on a page take your editing mind out of it don't try to write a perfect sentence just write 
even like terrible English, bad English, just get the words out onto the page and then separately book in time to be purely for editing. You're not writing, you're just editing. And essentially what you're doing is you're engaging your creative brain for the outputs, your creative thinking, which is more loose and free and doesn't actually care about detail. And then your editing brain comes along, which is in your critical thinking mode. And that looks for all those blemishes, those details, rewriting sentences, creating the structure. It's looking for that detail. So it's completely different. And that's probably one of the keys to writing the book. What's the book about? So 10 plus 1 steps to problem solving is literally that. It's a guideline for problem solving. I have 10 steps that I use for almost every problem. And what I found was there was patterns for these 10 steps, you know, like every time I help people with problems, I would eventually figure out, hey, this is what they're doing wrong. And I would also find out that the patterns or the things that I was looking at was always the same. So that's what the book's about. Uh, why this topic? So there's a couple things. So in the book, what I mentioned, obviously, there's the problem solving technique. But uh, more than that, it's also got career advice and tips and how I turn some of these skills into career progression literally into promotions. There's, story, there's a story in there how I uh, performed really well on a job and turned that into, and that became an opportunity. And so I also found that when I'm looking at some of the techniques out there, you know, people get stuck. They, 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 they can be really intelligent and smart people, but there's a practical aspect that they're missing. You know, it's just, there's a, there's a just try it and find out aspect that's missing. So my technique really focuses on that like actually solving problems. How does that really look like? And so that's why there was a need because I would commonly get the question like, how did you figure that out? Or how did you come up with that? And there was an answer. So I tried to write it out and that's what's in the book. What are the 10 steps? Hang on. For this question, it's a pretty simple answer. I'll just read them out to you. Obviously, if you want the detail, you have to look into the book, but I'll cover it now real quick. So the first step is called the question, which is essentially asking the right questions. And I go into detail about how you do that exactly. What are the types of questions you should be asking? The second step is the obvious. And the obvious means what are the obvious things you can try straight away? Like without thinking, without overanalyzing anything, is there something that you go, well, it's either this or this, but if we try this, we can find out straight away you do that here at this step straight away. Don't waste time. Step three is called eyes, which is essentially getting the right eyes on the situation. That could be your logging, monitoring, sensors. Like, how do you know that what you're saying is true? Step four is check yourself. And it's short for check yourself before you wreck yourself. So this is like checking your fundamentals, your layer ones. You know, did you actually plug the thing in? Are you looking at the right device? You know, are you in the right area in the first place? Those base fundamentals that need to be true before you even before your situation can even exist. Um, step five is Dr. G. And it stands, essentially, that's ask Google. Ask Dr. Google. It'll tell you something. Um, but I also have in there techniques for Googling effectively and then also determining which questions are for Google and which questions maybe are for uh, an expert, which comes at step nine. Step six is the RTFM protocol. If you're unfamiliar with this protocol, when you're stuck and you're asking questions about how a product works or how something works... I'll advise to did to deploy the RTFM protocol, which stands for read the fucking manual. Engineers are notorious for not reading the manual, so this is a key step there. But a lot of people do this, even like it could be a, a data sheet or you know something, a bit of documentation that came with a product, or you know you're working with a material, a particular material, or you're working with a standard. Like check the standard, check the detail, right? There's documentation there, but there's a key with that step, um, which I'll get through you'll get to find out in the book 
which is not just reading the documentation, it's also writing the documentation. And there's a specific documentation you need to write to help you at this step. And it also leads into the next step, which is strip. Strip. So step seven is strip. And it's an interesting one, but the the thing, the thinking here is that by this step, you're really deep into a very difficult problem, right? Or at least a problem that requires a difficult solution to come up with. And so stripping refers to stripping down the layers of complexity, right? Isolate something. Can you prove one is equal to one? That sort of stuff. You know, you have a lot of base uh, assumptions built in. Truths, scientific truths, that if you can bring it back to a scientific principle and then solve for layers on top of that as you go along, then you can begin to actually solve that problem. Number eight is what about the environment? And that's a good one because it literally looks outside of the problem at the environment. Maybe the weather is affecting the radio waves. I don't know. Maybe at this time of day, that's when uh, the cleaner comes in and plugs in the vacuum and they take out the power, you know. Now, just before we get to the last two steps, a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by 3dhubs.com. 3D Hubs enables engineers like you and me the ability to get your parts into production in less than five minutes. Get access to 3D printing, CNC machining, sheet metal, injection molding, and more for either prototyping or production. The interface is so simple, you can even drag and drop your own CAD files straight onto the website and get an instant quote. It's that easy. Now, have you ever wanted to see what your own idea or invention could look like? Maybe you don't know where to start. But luckily, 3D Hubs is offering our listeners of the show a free PDF sample of the first two chapters of the number one best-selling 3D printing handbook. Just visit www.3dhubs.com forward slash podcast forward slash engineering IRL. That's 3dhubs.com forward slash podcast forward slash engineering IRL to get access today. So moving along, step nine is phone a friend. And the last one is step 10 called pray which what I mentioned is the is a figurative and it can be a literal step if you so please. So what's with the plus one? Well, the whole point is that you can solve majority of problems in the first 10 steps. And what happens is sometimes you can come to a problem that is so just it doesn't get solved. It's just impossible. So the whole point of plus one is to have that extra step up your sleeve. But you can't go to that step straight away and hope to solve anything. You really have to go through the first 10 steps in order for you to get the advantage of that 11th step, the plus one step. And it only makes sense to do it then. Because what I ask you to do in there literally doesn't make sense on its own. So yeah, you need to learn those 10 steps and then you can learn the plus one step, which is how the book's set up. You have each chapter is a step and then essentially I explain the step. I mix it with... uh, career stories to back it up but also you know uh, philosophies and concepts from engineering greats you know Aristotle's Da Vinci's of the world there's a bit of engineering history there as well and some scientific principles that you know align things up and bring things all together so is there a problem with existing problem solving options there is Um, well they're not wrong but they're very high level very conceptual and half of it is spent around uh, solutions analysis not finding the problem. And I find that the solution is the easy part. The problems are usually the harder part. Finding the correct problem is actually the harder part. Typically, when you figure out what a problem is, you end up with several solutions to pick from, and that's a separate process. So this brings it back to practical, actually solving problems. What's it look like? So how can people get it? 
The first is from the website, so engineeringinreallife.com forward slash book. But really, the best place to get it is Amazon. So just search 10 plus 1 steps to problem solving in Amazon and you'll find it. Where can I learn for more? Well, straight from the website. Log in there. If you're not sure, I am giving away the first few chapters for free online. So I'm giving online access to the book. You literally go to the website, engineeringinreallife.com, become a member, and you can get access to you can get online access to the book. Tell us about the book trailer. So yeah, when you go to that website, you go to the book, you'll find a trailer in there where I explain everything in two minutes, and it's an epic video. It's an awesome one made, and this actually ties in perfectly to the next episode, uh, next point, or the next topic, which is branding and engineering website rebranding, and essentially. The, the company I worked with to rebrand the website also did my book trailer for me. So um, we used a combination of, you know, doing the interview, using, uh, creating the B-roll from footage of, you know, me working in my lab and then some uh, some stock footage to fill out the rest. And it looks pretty good. So check out the check out the site or the YouTube channel to see it. So this brings us to the next topic, which is new branding. So. What's up with the branding? You should notice, and it should be on the podcast artwork, a new engineering IRL logo. And it looks pretty sick to me. I'll explain in a second what it means, but why did I decide to rebrand? Well, firstly, it was a good time. Yeah. What I found was when you start something new, you end up trying to be too broad because you don't exactly know who you're catering for. You're trying to solve everyone's problems at the same time. But as you niche down and solve specific problems and actually help people with specific things, your messaging, your branding becomes clearer and then what you actually want to achieve becomes clearer. And even if you want to achieve some big picture thing, there is an initial core thing that you should try to solve first, a very, very, very niche, narrow thing for a specific person, let's say. And due to that new messaging and alignment, therefore a new brand, uh, new branding should support that. And then if you align things correctly, it should feed into your bigger picture thing anyway. So you don't try to just be for everyone from the beginning. You start with a specific thing and then you brand and cater to that specific thing. Who did my rebrand? Um, it was a company called Low Key. And actually my cousin is a videographer and does a lot of film stuff. And he works, uh, he, he he's a part of Low Key. So essentially I engaged them. Well, they reached out and engaged me and we had some conversations and I shared with them the the direction and all that sort of stuff. And so some key changes that you'll see that Loki supplied are, you know, the logo, the overall aesthetic, the book trailer, like I mentioned, and they also did the book cover as an example. So make sure you go check that out. How's it implemented? So I implement them normally. If, you, if you're an engineering company out there or you're trying to start a new social media brand or something like that, you can engage these guys. And once you have the guides and the plans and the strategies, you can go out and implement them or you can get your web developer or your social media manager to do it. If you're all of them, then you do it. Can I also engage them? Yes, you can. So reach out to me and I will pass on you know, your query to them and get you in contact with them. That's not a problem at all. Um, they did a really good job, as you can see. So, so the cool thing about the new logo is it encapsulates what we're about. So you can see that it's basically a nice big E like what we had before, which is very simple. And it's got the I for IRL similar to what we had, except now you look at the eye, it kind of looks like a person and it's kind of the person in engineering. Yeah. The eye kind of fits inside the E and essentially represents you, the engineer and you know, you're the engineer as the role, the job, but you're also an engineer as a person. So it actually captures everything so perfectly. It's simple and it fits with the brand of the whole thing. So looks good. Check it out. 
Cool. So now that we've established that we've got new branding, you know, that we've published a book and all of these things can help you, you can go to the website and, you know, it's re-energized for 2021 and, you know, clapping back at what's been a challenging year, let's call it. Uh, the final thing that I'm going to talk about is launching a com- company. And yes, I am launching another company, which is called CloudMate Networks. That's the name of the company, CloudMate Networks. And you can already go to the website. It's cloudmatenetworks.com.au. And what's the business do? Well, essentially, I partnered up with Cisco and uh, Cisco Meraki. So I'm actually officially an officially registered partner uh, with them. And essentially, I focus on selling Cisco Meraki products, which is cloud-managed Wi-Fi cloud-managed Wi-Fi. So what problem does the business solve? Um, there's a lot of IT companies out there now, and there's a lot of businesses out there now that you know have uh, challenging network needs, networking needs. I'm talking about like IT networks. And sometimes they're looking for more efficiencies or they want to be a bit more hands-off on the networking side, but still have the full capabilities. You know, The idea is to let businesses run their business. They're not, they're in the business of whatever they're in and not in the business of networking. So cloud managed networking makes that super, super easy. Like it's really cool. If you go to our social media pages, I'll share some pictures of the the hardware. I've got, I've got some on stock and they're physically really cool. You can tell they're the next generation and think about the situations where, cause I used to be a systems administrator as well on the side uh, for a company I worked in. Um, and you know, we had a full range of network switches and different brands and had different things and when things went wrong that's when really you only had time to fix things and it was a pain because you'd always have to go to different you know password saves and then figure out the interface and how do you interact with this device and how do you uh, manage it and there's a lot a lot of overhead like a lot of wasted time let's call it but this is a centralized solution you have a centralized dashboard with all your devices you can configure everything you have detailed analytics and security and information and asset management and awareness and the other cool thing is you have zero touch configuration. So the scenario where, hey, the switch is broken or something's wrong, you get the new hardware, the configuration in your dashboard, you apply it to your new device, you plug the new device in, it auto downloads its config and it goes. Like it's so super simple. And you can just manage your whole fleet across, you know, maybe you have different users on different ports of a switch. You can easily do all of that stuff. You just remember your one sign on and you can do everything. Very cool. So that's the advantage of Cisco and Meraki. And obviously what I do is I help connect businesses to that solution. Maybe they're already Meraki users. Cool, here's your product. But maybe you want to look at a strategy for how you get your business up and running. So obviously I come from a background of um, operational technology, critical infrastructure. You know, our stuff has to run 24-7. But it's safety you know, we worry about the process more than the data. In IT classic networks, you worry about the data. But at the end of the day, the supporting network and infrastructure you want running. So essentially I can, uh, you know, we've already given, we've already helped customers in the construction and mining type uh, industries. Essentially I could talk their language, um, but yeah, they're not in the business of networks. So that's where we come in. Where can I learn more? Like I said, cloudmainnetworks.com.au and in addition, like Cloudmain Networks will be an official sponsor of this podcast. Uh, last year we had, or slash this year we had 3D Hubs. We'll be seeing if we re-up with them. But essentially, if you're also an engineering company or business and you want to uh, sponsor us or advertise with us, let me know. And that ties in perfectly to a promotion that I'm doing. So when I say let me know, literally email andrewsario at engineeringinreallife.com. 
And look, if you're a listener of the show, I know there's a few of out, few of you out there. I sent some uh, stats and things like that. You know, we have a few thousand listeners of the show, which makes me really <laughs> excited and really happy and grateful. I'm doing a promotion right now. So there's a promotion, especially for you people that listen all the way through to here. I'm giving away five free copies of the book, 10 Plus One Steps to Problem Solving and Engineer's Guide for free. Okay, so the first five people to email me, just put the subject as book pulls, book please, B-O-O-K space P-L-Z. Email me at Andrew Sario at engineeringinreallife.com. So that's Andrew, A-N-D-R-E-W-S for Sam, A-R-I-O at engineeringinreallife.com, one word, and you'll get a copy for free. So hopefully you enjoyed today's episode. You got something out of it, a bit of a status up, uh, a status update, obviously, because it's been a while, but I almost say this every episode, but hopefully this time I have more of a strategy around delivering more consistent content. I think the interview format is the easiest. And for 2021, I'll be trying to get a few uh, people on the podcast. We'll do some interviews. So if you have any feedback or things or people you want to hear from, just email me at that same email address and we'll get on that. But for now, be safe and thanks for listening.